In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen. And before we begin, I just wanted to say that, you know, all the things we discuss on this episode, I wouldn't recommend doing if you have a history of disordered eating. This is all information that Jesse has researched and wrote about, and I'm excited to hear what she's found. A lot of you DSTers have been requesting to have her on. You may know her as at Glucose Goddess on Instagram, but beyond her Instagram, she's a biochemist and best-selling author of the book Glucose Revolution. Welcome to DST, Jesse and Chowsby. Thank you, Eileen, for having me. So happy to be here. So excited to talk to you. I know you by your graphs, <laughs> but I'm excited to hear about your background, you know, biochemist and all of that, and how you got into just the world of studying glucose spikes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty random, isn't it? Well, it's exciting. <laughs> I mean, everybody has their thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the glucose girl now. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy to tell you. I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. So the, the first event that kind of propulsed me into the world of food and understanding how our body is functioning and what we can do to feel good was um, when I was 19. I broke my back jumping off a waterfall. Don't do that. It's a really terrible idea. Oh and gosh. then I just, yeah. And then I just <laughs> suffered a lot for many years, um, mostly mentally with mental health stuff. Physically, mm -hmm. I was fine even after the surgery, but mentally I was just in a dark pit of horror and anxiety and just fear. And I was trying to figure out how to get better mentally because I was completely broken. Fast forward, so I went to study biochemistry, then I worked in genetics. Fast forward six years. There I am for the first time wearing a device called a glucose monitor, mm -hmm. originally intended for people with diabetes. And I discovered that glucose spikes were one of the triggers for my mental health episodes. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything for me. I realized that if I learned about glucose and how to keep it steady, I could reduce my mental health symptoms, feel better, then I discovered that I wasn't alone and that 90% of the population actually has glucose spikes every day, most of us without knowing it, and that it leads to all sorts of stuff depending on the person, from cravings to acne to polycystic ovarian syndrome symptoms to poor sleep to long-term things like type 2 diabetes. And so it kind of became my life to learn about this molecule, teach people about it, and uncover these cool hacks that allow people to avoid the glucose spikes while not going on a fucking diet. So that's the story. Well, first of all, I can't believe 
you broke water. If you've seen so many people jump off of those cliffs in all sorts of places in Europe. And I was always the one taking the photo. I can't, couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Why did you start wearing the glucose monitor to begin with? Like what was, because you said, oh, fast forward to me Good just wearing question. the monitor. Yeah. So I was in Silicon Valley and I was working in this genetic startup and we were always sort of testing new technologies, trying to figure out, you know, what was coming in the space. And so one day at work, we had this research study going on and they just said hey does anybody want to try one of these as a non-diabetic and i was like yeah me i don't know why i think it just kind of called me you know one of those intuition moments mm -hmm. but um thank god i did because it really truly changed my life but at the beginning i was you know it's it's a pretty confusing device to wear especially as a non-diabetic when you don't have like a doctor around teaching you about it um, and so i was super confused i was seeing these spikes and these dips and I was starting to correlate them, you know, with my mood, with my energy levels, with my sleep. But mm -hmm. then the day when I had one of these mental health episodes um, and the mental health condition I developed is called depersonalization. It's this really weird state in which you kind of feel like you leave your body and you become really scared of just existing. And so one of these episodes was happening and I checked my glucose monitor because I had been wearing it for a few weeks. And there I saw a massive spike, one of the biggest spikes I had ever experienced, actually. And so then I started connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. Like what I eat impacts my blood sugar levels. So my glucose levels, it's the, same, it's the same thing. And then my glucose levels impact how I feel at any moment of the day. So I looked in the research and, you know, it was just starting to come up that glucose spikes were happening in non-diabetics as well. And we were starting to see that actually glucose spikes are really related to cravings and to wanting to eat junk food, to irresistible hunger, to fatigue, to fertility issues. So that was really, it was really at the cusp of this whole world opening up. So then from then on, when you uncovered this kind of revelation, did you start doing like research in large yeah, sizes of populations? Like how did you start learning more? So I'm a scientist, you know, I studied math and then I studied biochemistry. So I had a super rigorous approach to it. I literally just spent a few months looking for every single scientific paper I could find on the internet related to glucose mm -hmm. in non-diabetics. And at some point, you know, I had like a thousand tabs open on my internet browser and I was in this sort of rabbit hole. I had actually broken my ankle right at the same time. So I was just at home with my computer looking at all these glucose studies. And through what I discovered there, like eating your food in the right order, having vinegar before your meals, I was able to avoid these glucose spikes and heal myself. And then I thought, okay, I need to tell my friends and my family about this because this is truly revolutionary. And so what I did as a scientist, I was like, okay, I'm just going to print these scientific papers and show them to my friends. Turns out nobody cares about scientific papers. If you print that out, like yeah. you just get crickets <laughs> in exchange. So I realized I had a sort of marketing problem or I had a I had an education problem. And so I thought, hey, what if I used the data from my own glucose monitor to illustrate mm -hmm. the studies that have been published throughout the world by lots of teams of scientists? So to give you an example. I found this amazing study showing that if you eat your food in a specific order, you can reduce the spike of your meal by up to 75%. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I tested this on myself. So I took a meal, let's say like, I don't know, chicken, broccoli, and rice, and I ate the food in the right order, which is veggies first, proteins mm -hmm. and fat second, starches and sugars last. So I ate broccoli, then chicken, then rice. 
and mm. I plotted the curve that I had. And then I ate the same meal in the reverse order, in the order that's less good for your glucose levels, and plotted that curve. Mm. And then I showed my friends the comparison between the two curves. And then it clicked. People started caring and seeing visually what was happening inside my body motivated them to try out these techniques that scientists had been discovering. So that's how the whole, you know, Instagram started and me representing visually these scientific studies. And I became an educator of glucoscience. So you're just interpreting sort of the science. Yeah, illustrating, I think is a good word for it. Yeah. Visual aids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm just, a, I'm a teacher basically. So I take the studies um, and st I mean, that's still what I do now three years later. If I find a new study, I then just illustrate it with my own data because people are visual learners. You know, nobody wants, I mean, nobody that's a non-scientist really finds it fun to read a lengthy scientific paper. They want to see something. They want to see it visually and then they get it. And so mm -hmm. that was my contribution to the field. Got it, got it, got it. If I put on a monitor and I did the same thing, would it yeah. have the same? I assume no. It wouldn't be exactly the same. That's a really good question. So the studies are good and robust because they test techniques in hundreds or thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So for example, the study about the food order, that has been tested on many, many people. And the scientists have seen that statistically this works for everybody. If you eat your vegetables first, you will have a smaller glucose spike during your meal. So you'll have fewer cravings, less fatigue, less aging, etc. Then if you and I eat the exact same meal, we'll have a different spike for sure. But if we eat our food in the right order, we'll both have a significantly smaller spike than if we eat it in the wrong order. So the right. principles apply for everybody, but the actual curve, like the actual shape of the curve will vary person to person. I work with a dietitian, so I've obviously, what you share, like, you know, how you should pair your foods or your, you know, your carbs or your starches with protein and fat. Like, I've obviously know that. And like, I've noticed in my mood or I get hungry way faster if I just yeah. eat, a, you know, and it does perpetuate cravings. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So can you just share with people who don't have any context for the situation, can you share yeah. like what glucose is, what it does in your body, and why it's important for people not just people, or maybe with people with diabetes, that's also a good context to have. Absolutely. Okay. So at its base, most basic level, glucose is your body's energy. So every single cell in your body uses glucose to do stuff. So like right now, my tongue cells are using glucose to move so I can speak to you. You know, when we go dancing, our feet cells use glucose to dance, like your heart cells use glucose to contract. Literally every single cell in your body is running on glucose. So it's a really important thing to give to your body. And the main way we give glucose to our body is through food, through eating starchy or sweet foods. They contain glucose. And so you might think, okay, if glucose is energy and I want lots of energy, I should just eat as much starch and sugar as possible. So I give my body as much energy as possible. The thing is, that's where the logic stops because it's like a plant. A plant needs water, but if you give a plant too much water, the plant drowns. I've done this many times with every single plant I try to keep alive. And when you give your body too much glucose, problems start arising. And you see what's called these glucose spikes. So these big increases in glucose levels in your bloodstream after you eat. So this happens in people with and without diabetes. If you're somebody who has diabetes, the swings of your glucose levels will be even more pronounced and the symptoms will be even more pronounced. But now we know that for everybody with or without diabetes, learning to flatten those glucose curves, so learning to like lower those glucose spikes is going to help you thrive and feel better pretty quickly. Got it. So also talking about the absorption of glucose is is important here too, because that's that's where the order comes in, right? Exactly. The food order. So can you talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit? Like yeah. the, the other foods that you should pair with your... Well, hacks, but it's also like a way of eating. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, these principles, I would say. Yeah. So I discovered in the science these pretty straightforward principles that don't require you to change what you're eating or not too big of an effort, but that help your body 
reduce a bit the spikes from what you're eating and help you feel better. And so the first and easiest one is the food order thing. So when you're faced with a meal, there's actually an order in which you can eat the food in your plate that leads to the smallest glucose spike. And that is starting your meals with the vegetables. So starting your meals with whatever, like green leafy vegetables or, you know, tomato salad or whatever veggies you have there, starting with those first will help your glucose levels because vegetables contain fiber. And fiber is an amazing thing that we do not get enough of in our modern diet. And fiber has a protective effect on your glucose levels. Fiber, when it's eaten first, coats the walls of your small intestine. It creates a protective mesh that prevents your body from absorbing too much, too quickly of the glucose coming down afterwards. So just by doing that, by making sure you eat vegetables first at the beginning of your meals, you can significantly lower the glucose spikes of your meals. And you'll feel it really quickly, especially if you're somebody who is very prone to cravings. Cravings, we discovered, are often the side effects of being on a glucose roller coaster. So when you're having a craving, it's very possible that actually what's happening is that your glucose levels are coming down low after having spiked from a meal. And at that point, when your glucose levels are low, the craving center in your brain activates and is like, yo, Jesse, eat a cookie. And this connection we discovered by putting people, well, I say we, I mean scientists, discovered by putting people in an MRI scanner and measuring all sorts of stuff about their glucose levels and their brain activity, etc. So I think this is really revolutionary because often when people have a craving, they might have lots of different complicated feelings about it, but it's actually not your fault. Like having a craving is often just a consequence of your glucose levels being on a roller coaster. And so when you flatten the spikes, you also reduce the dips afterwards and cravings often dissipate. So it's really incredible to notice just mm -hmm. by eating your vegetables first during a meal, not by doing anything else. I think that's, I think everybody should know about that. Yeah. And it also makes you full in terms of just like going forward in your meal, fuller yeah, because exactly. of the fiber. But even if you eat the same exact food at a meal, we're not saying reduce how much you're eating. We're not saying cut out X or Y or Z. Just by eating the vegetables first during your meal, you can lower the glucose spike of the meal by up to 75%. Even if overall you're eating the exact same quantity of food. Eating like a salad or a sandwich where all of the macronutrients are combined, is that not like just as fine. <laughs> oh, it's totally fine. And you know, these principles, you should only apply them when they're easy to apply and it's fun and it's stress-free. Like I'm not at all telling people to do this all the time. It's really depending yeah. on how much better you think you could feel, if it's easy to do. Like we're talking, these are tools in your tool belt. We're not talking mm -hmm. about making something super drastic and complicated. Like Take this if it resonates with you and if you want to try it, see how you feel. That's the point. And when you're having a sandwich, like don't go around and pulling out the salad from the sandwich and eating the salad first. Like that's just going to add stress to your life. Yeah, it's not, yeah. not at all the point. Yeah, no, that's not. And you know, actually this thing about the vegetables first, like, I mean, cultures have been doing this for millennia. Like in France, we have this thing called crudité, which is raw vegetables at the beginning of a meal. Mm -hmm. In Italy, they eat antipasti first. You know, in Iran, they eat herbs at the beginning of the meal. I mean, we know this intuitively, yeah. culturally, that eating vegetables at the beginning of the meal is good. Now we have the data and the science and the experiments to back up why it's helpful. Same thing with vinegar. People are like, oh, this vinegar thing, it's so gimmicky. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the principle is if you have vinegar at the beginning of a meal, you can curb the glucose spike of that meal by 30%. 
because of acetic acid in the vinegar, which is a really powerful molecule. And actually, in Iran, again, they have been drinking apple cider vinegar for generations and generations and generations just because of cultural knowledge that this is good for our health. Now we understand the underlying mechanism that it has to do with glucose levels. But a lot of these are just like pretty straightforward, common sense things that we might have lost touch with, but that I really hope people get back and connect it to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get back to you about the vinegar. I still want to keep going about the protein and the, yeah. and the fats. What if you aren't eating a meal with vegetables and, you know, you you go, you eat protein and then mm -hmm. and carb. Let's say you're eating a cookie with peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Is that reduce your glucose spikes just the same? Or are you saying that if you do have vegetables, there's an even lower spike? So adding vegetables before anything will always help. But if you're having a cookie, I don't <laughs> think you want to go ahead and like have some broccoli first. I mean, I don't no. think I would do that. <laughs> but bro but, annoying and gross. but a cookie with peanut butter, you have fat and <laughs> yeah, protein. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about that. So that's another concept. Um, and I call it putting clothing on your carbs. Mm. So yeah, whenever like you eat carbs, one. yeah. So whenever you eat carbs and carbs contain glucose, right? Like you have two options. You can eat the carb naked. So you can eat the cookie naked um, and just eat it on its own. Or you can put some clothing on it. So protein, fat, or fiber with the cookie. For example, mm -hmm. cookie with peanut butter, cookie with Greek yogurt, cookie with, I don't know, salmon, whatever <laughs> kind of protein you're into. <laughs> you know, it's just that delicious combination of cookies and salmon. Salmon cookie. <laughs> Love it. And so by doing this, what you're doing is you're actually going to reduce the speed at which the glucose from the cookie is going to make it to your bloodstream. So you're still eating the delicious cookie, but you're helping your body not have as big of a glucose spike. And so why does that matter? Because as I mentioned, there's this thing called the glucose roller coaster and the cravings roller coaster. And I used to be on it. I used to start the day with a Nutella crepe, super high glucose spike. And then all day I would just be craving, you know, sweet foods. Um, and I, I thought it was normal. I didn't realize that I had put myself on this roller coaster and that my glucose levels was di dictating this ongoing craving cycle I was on. Mm -hmm. So if you put clothing on your carbs, you are able to avoid getting on that roller coaster. And you can avoid that that cookie is then going to lead to you wanting ice cream two hours later, et cetera, et cetera. But again, like this depends on where you are in your life. Like if you feel like you're quote unquote a sugar addict and you want to see if you can reduce your cravings, um, try it out. But again, tools in your tool belt, you know, use these if they resonate with you. Yeah. No, I found that also just like snacks, like snacks like that, like always just kind of pairing, um, never yeah. just eating a, a carb on its own. Unless of course, that's just what you have, but like finding snacks that do combine all all of those exactly things. or you know it's sunday morning and you're hungover and you're eating ice cream on the couch which happens <laughs> to me a lot and it's totally fine <laughs> it's, it's fine it's life that's what life is Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk about savory breakfast. That's something that you 
um, yes. bring up a lot as like one of the top things or top hacks, as you say. Why is that mm-hmm. important? Because you were just talking about Nutella and crepe. And- yeah. So I used to get super hungry by 10, 30, 11 a.m., like famished to the point where my stomach would hurt. I had I have these memories of being in high school and just my stomach was like painful with hunger. And I just thought it was normal. I thought that two hours after breakfast, it's normal to be famished. Turns out it's not the case. It turns out that if you have a breakfast that creates a big glucose spike, you're going to be hungry again faster. You're going to have more cravings the rest of the day. Your energy level is going to be more unstable. You might need more coffee, more tea. If you switch to a savory breakfast, and we're not talking calories here, like in the scientific experiments, they take the exact same number of calories for the breakfast. So it's really not about that. It's just about the shape of the glucose curve that your breakfast is going to create. And so by switching to a savory breakfast, you drastically reduce the height of the glucose spike from your breakfast. Mm -hmm. So your energy is much more steady. You don't have that 11 a.m. painful hunger thing. And the rest of your day, you just feel better. And this is, I think, probably the most powerful hack to start with because you'll really notice that it transforms the next 24 hours. If you've lived your whole life eating a savory breakfast, there's a whole other side. There's a whole other world, the world of savory breakfast. And you'll see the difference. It's quite remarkable. It changed my life. Can I ask you uh, just a question about like, or clarification on savory Mm -hmm. versus sweet? Are you saying savory meaning no um, carbohydrates or are you saying that just no added sugar? Yeah, no, not at all. So carbs are totally fine. Well, starches are totally fine. So yeah, just nothing sweet except whole fruit. That's sort of the guiding principle. And ideally, you know, create a breakfast, center breakfast around protein. That's really, really important. So start with protein, you know, maybe it's eggs, maybe it's tofu, maybe it's dairy, whatever. And then right. you can build up and add you know, a bit of fiber, a bit of fat, and then starches for taste. Like definitely go for it. I love my morning, you know, scrambled eggs, toast with a bit of avocado or like nut butter on it. No problem eating starches. You just want to avoid the sweet traditional breakfast foods like cereal, orange juice, donuts, cookies, pastries, like have those for dessert after your lunch or your dinner. Right. That's the best time to have them without creating this glucose spike. And so that way you'll feel better while still getting all the pleasure from the sweet stuff. Okay. When you say dessert, like what if you wait an hour or two to have a dessert? Mm -hmm. Is that like, are you restarting the meal again? Or is that the top of the next meal? Or are you saying you need to have that dessert right after you finish dinner? It's a good question. So the exact timing hasn't been perfectly studied. I think the sweet spot is have dessert within 90 minutes of the end of your meal, because at that point, there's still food in your upper intestine. There's still fiber coating the walls of your intestine and protecting your body from absorbing too much glucose. So, you know, the the sooner the better, but up to 90 minutes after seems to still work. Okay, got it. And again, when I'm asking these questions, I know a lot of people who have listened to this podcast, I know we talk about like, there shouldn't be rules around food, but you're just suggesting ways around feeling a little bit better around eating, yeah, right? I think, you know, really what I'm doing is I'm just sharing like biochemical principles on how your body works. Right. So this is just educating you about about your body and how your body processes foods. 
and showing you a few places where there's some core principles that'll help your body do better, that'll help your body thrive and give you more energy and clear up your skin and help your hormones. You know, we're not, this is not a diet. We're not talking about anything like that. It's really just, I'm trying to bring the science of glucose to the general public. And I hope yeah. this will become a bit like, we know we need, you know, two liters of water a day. We know we should get sun exposure for vitamin D. Like, I hope this falls into that same category of these are general health science-backed principles for for optimal body functioning. That's not yeah. a very sexy way to put it, but you get it. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's like some science behind the things that you've heard, right? Like, mm -hmm. so a lot of times we hear things being thrown around and some things are valid, some things aren't. And in this case, you're saying it's a lot of the things that we have heard, like walking after you eat, like there's actually some science behind it. So one of your other hacks or guidelines, <laughs> principles, <laughs> is principles. to just move your muscles after eating. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And speaking of, you know, cultures knowing this from a very long time, in India, there is this proverb of a hundred steps after each meal. And so, I mean, they knew what was happening. They knew what was up. So essentially what you want to do is that you want to help your body process your meal by hiring your muscles. So your muscles, when they contract, they need energy. And the first place they look for energy is in the glucose in your bloodstream. So the more you use your muscles, the more glucose will be used and the smaller the glucose spike of that meal will be. So the idea is this, after eating within an hour, 90 minutes, again, that seems to be the sweet spot, get up and move for 10 minutes. And this can be anything. This can be dancing to your favorite songs. I want to make a Spotify playlist of like my favorite um, <laughs> songs for post-meal dancing. It can be walking <laughs> your dog. It can, <laughs> it can be doing your laundry. It can be cleaning your house. It can be like whatever. Anything that activates your muscles and that helps your muscles absorb some of the glucose from your meal. And this is especially powerful for people who suffer from the post-food coma which I used to have a lot of, listen, I was hangry all the time. I had food coma. I was a craving roller coaster. Like I was the poster child for completely deregulated glucose levels. And if you use your muscles for 10 minutes after a meal, you'll really notice this impact on your energy levels because as the glucose spike becomes smaller from that meal, you don't have such a crash. And the crash is really responsible for the cravings and the fatigue and the just feeling blah and the excessive hunger, et cetera. So that's another easy one to do. Right. Yeah. I, it's, I need to do more of that. Which, which of these hacks, because you know everything already about, about all of this topic, like which of these principles do you, you already do? And which of these are you like, oh, that's new. That's interesting. I need to try it. Dressing up your carbs is something that I've learned as a practice to do more often in the last year. Like I knew you should, but I never like really understood why. And then I learned why. And I, I've just found it really, really helpful in like making that meal work for me. Like it lasts longer yeah. and I don't get as hungry right away. And, you know, it all, it makes sense. The one that I am skeptical about, just to be fully transparent, tell me, is, tell the, me, yeah. is the vinegar. Oh, but yeah. I want to I want to hear about Oh, let's like, talk about it. Why? Yeah, tell me about. Yeah, it. so listen, I'm the first one to be super skeptical. I was like, what are you guys talking about? So <laughs> there's actually dozens of double-blind placebo-controlled randomized control, control trials 
on the effect of vinegar on your glucose levels. Okay. And in the studies, things as simple as drinking a tablespoon of vinegar in a glass of water before a meal curbs the glucose spike of the meal by up to 30%. And long-term, they have shown that this can help start to put type 2 diabetes into remission and polycystic ovarian syndrome symptoms into remission. So this is legit stuff. I also was very skeptical. And we know the way it works has to do with this molecule called acetic acid. And so acetic acid is in vinegar and it has two main functions. The first thing it does is it slows down the speed at which starches are broken down as you digest them. So starches get broken down into glucose more slowly. So the glucose arrives in your bloodstream more slowly. And two, the acetic acid goes to your muscles and tells your muscles to soak up glucose faster as if you were exercising, essentially. And so with these two mechanisms, the glucose spike of the meal becomes smaller. And the easiest thing to do, you can drink some in water. You can also just drizzle some vinegar on your veggie starter during your meal. That's also a really simple thing to do. Um, and, you know, try it on yourself because I personally find a really big difference when I do it. I don't do it all the time. I do it when I think about it and when I feel like it because, you know, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. But no, the, the scientific studies are solid. And so my book is based on over 300 scientific studies, most of them less than five years old. You can also find them all online on my website on the science page. My website is glucosegoddess.com and check it out. Like I was the first one to be incredibly surprised by this, yeah. but um, the science is robust. It's not just like one study and two people. We're talking like proper, properly set up studies, a lot of meta-analyses, like it's legit. So does it hurt your throat like to do that a lot? <laughs> like no, because you, you dilute it, you know, you put it in a tall glass of water. Mm -hmm. And actually vinegar is less acidic than lemon juice. It's less acidic than Coca-Cola. Like we, I mean, I've had vinegar in, you know, my, in my kitchen for my whole life. Like yeah. I use vinegar when I cook, you know, I make salad dressings. Like we're not talking about drinking some weird, like, you know, oil from a weird place. Like this is just vinegar guys. Like we, we right. drink vinegar all the time. It's just putting a bit of focus on it and being like, oh, this is actually really helpful for my body um, to deal with the glucose spikes of the meal. Okay. So test it out. Did I cover all of the main like principles, the hacks? Are there, is that all of them? Good question. So let's review what we talked about. We talked mm -hmm. about um, eating your food in the right order. We talked about savory breakfast. We talked about putting clothing on your carbs. We talked about moving after you eat and vinegar. Yeah, those are the main ones. Um, and those are the ones I share, you know, on my Instagram. I have more in the book, but you have to read the book to find out. <laughs> uh, but but I, I would just, you know, encourage people to try these out because it's it's really cool what these scientists have discovered and it's remarkable the effect that these principles have. Whatever you're suffering from, you know, whether you just feel like you want more energy or your sleep isn't very good, or maybe you have fertility or hormonal issues, maybe you just want to like feel better, or maybe you're battling with a long-term chronic condition, like a lot of things fall into place when you get your glucose level steady. And again, 90% of us, 90% of non-diabetics, of people without diabetes, have glucose spikes every day without knowing it cravings, fatigues of hunger, like it, it plagues us all. So you're saying we're not supposed to have like, glucose What spikes. I am trying to understand is a glucose spike, mm -hmm. isn't that like supposed to happen? Isn't that like a mechanism in our bodies that then, you know, we work to, I understand that over too much glucose in your bloodstream yeah. becomes an issue. Yeah. So 
It depends on the on the scale you're looking at. You know, mm-hmm. a glucose spike of under 30 milligrams per deciliter, your body can handle pretty well. Above that, which is the threshold for a spike, then, you know, stuff starts to happen. You know, inflammation, oxidative stress, excessive insulin release, like a little bit of glucose variation is totally normal. Right. And by the way, becoming obsessed with keeping your glucose levels completely flat is a dangerous game because you can okay. do that by drinking a bunch of alcohol, only eating fat, like, no, 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 that's not a good place mm-hmm. to go at all. We don't yeah. want perfectly flat glucose curves because, again, that can be done in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. You know, it's it's not about that at all. It's about, okay, 90% of us have these excessive glucose spikes every day. We know that for a fact, scientifically, okay? Mm-hmm. So by applying these principles, you can start to flatten those, get them back to a range where the variations, the fluctuations are in the normal healthy range. That's right. what you want. And because most of us are walking around on a glucose roller coaster without knowing it, trying these things helps most of us feel better. But yeah, I'm really not in the camp of, you know, the biohacker world of getting your glucose levels to be zero movement and just like, that's just, that's just not at all the vibe. Not at all the vibe. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to ask one thing because I know we didn't talk about it, like coffee. I'm so intrigued by like the things you post about coffee and Mm -hmm. what you suggest or you you advise or how one should drink coffee and how do you drink your coffee? So a coffee is really interesting and there seems to be a pretty big individual element to it. So you know how I mentioned earlier that, for example, for eating your vegetables first, like we know this works in everybody. For coffee, it seems to depend on the person whether it creates a glucose spike or not. So if you're somebody that gets quite jittery after Mm -hmm. drinking coffee and a bit anxious, it's possible that you're actually having a glucose spike from the coffee. If you don't, you're probably fine. That being said, here's what the science tells us. It seems to be better to drink your coffee after breakfast rather than before breakfast, especially if you're very tired, especially Mm -hmm. if you didn't sleep well. That's basically the main thing we know from the science. Mm -hmm. Then obviously, you know, if you add five sugar cubes to your coffee, it's going to create a glucose spike. So, you know, you might want to prioritize like full fat dairy over like creamers that have a bunch of sweeteners in them, but that's just common sense. In terms of the of those glucose spikes themselves, as I mentioned, depends on the person, better to drink it after breakfast. To be honest, I don't really do it. Like I like my breakfast. I like my coffee before breakfast. So I'm just like, meh, it's probably fine. Yeah. You have to pick Ignore. your battles. Ignore that one. Ignore, pick your battles. You got to pick your battles. Because, yeah. you know, you have to also weigh all of these things with your happiness and pleasure. And, you know, does something bring stress to your life? Like, you, you have to weigh things. So, personally, I just love my cappuccino on an empty stomach first thing in the morning yeah. and breakfast a bit later. And that's just how I live my life. One thing that I did read about or hear about is that like having coffee too soon after you wake up like could spike like cortisol or something like that yes yes and then it can exhaust your adrenals and that affects you and you're tired and it backfires exactly because then your body learns to rely on coffee to wake up Mm -hmm. and so you can kind of deregulate your body's ability to just like wake you up so if you can if you can 
wait a little bit again you don't have to wait until after breakfast if you don't want to but you know the longer you can wait just a little yeah like an hour or something just as i read maybe like yeah an hour i love my morning coffee don't take it away yeah, from me, me. Too. i know <laughs> So I know we talked about a lot of the things that you post about, but is that everything that's in your book? Can we expect more? What kind of lessons do readers get from reading The Glucose Revolution? So, you know, my Instagram is sort of like the trailer and the book is the movie. So Mm -hmm. if you like the Instagram and you find it interesting, then you will really like the book. I, I put it all together because on Instagram, I mean, you know, from being in the social media world, like, yeah. It's just one post after the next. You, you can't really tell a story, create a narrative, answer all the questions. So um, the book really holds your hand. It explains everything from where glucose comes from to all of the symptoms you might experience, all of the conditions we know are linked to glucose. It goes into the 10 principles, and I don't talk about all 10 on Instagram. Um, there's lots of stories of people around the world using this information that have changed their lives. I answer literally every single question that I've ever been asked on Instagram <laughs> in my book. At the end of every chapter, there's a massive FAQ section. Um, and it's also a place you can refer back to. I hope it, it becomes a companion. And I, I really put a lot of love and time and effort into it so that hopefully it'll help every single person that reads it, just like this whole world has helped me so much. It's healing information. I just want everybody to know about it. it came out in April. So it's been out for a few months now. 30 languages, 30 countries so far. Wow. coming. Yeah. That's so exciting. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Jesse. It was so great to talk and just hear it from you. Thanks, I, I love you. Me. And, you know, I agree with you. Social media is hard to like paint the full picture mm-hmm. and share what you're talking about. And I also just want to like, say, and I, I hope, I think that you agree with me that like, if you suffer from disordered eating, like these rules obviously are not for you. If you feel, you know, mentally okay with food, then, you know, you can try these. I agree. I totally agree. It's really up to you. And also I want to, you know, reiterate that these principles are helping lots of people just like not die. You know, we're, we're at a, we're at a level of like people are dying because of the way they're eating. And so hopefully this is going to help people shift away from that. If you're feeling good and you don't have any sort of, you know, difficult chronic condition that has to do with glucose levels, it's up to you to try these out or not if you feel like it. But yeah, yeah. if it resonates with you, do you, do you pick it up? Right. There are tools in your tool belt. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, thank you again so much. And obviously everyone knows where to find you at Glucose Goddess by your book. It's it's out now, The Glucose Revolution. And it's, I assume, everywhere books are sold. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so many languages. That's so impressive. Did you have to do the audiobook yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was crazy. I spent three days in the studio reading my own book. And I realized there's there's lots of words that I um, wrote that I actually don't know how to pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) So I had so many moments of like, how do you say anesthetist, anesthesiologist anyway? (laughs) That's really funny. Is it such a weird process to reread your own book? Actually, I was like, oh, this is really good. I, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't read it for a few months, mm-hmm. and so I was pleasantly surprised. That's it was funny. a weird process. Very it's weird strange process to hear it. Back, it's weird. I'm it sure. took me three days. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. Oh, wild. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much, Jesse. I'll be back this coming Thursday to answer your dear DST questions. Be sure to send them DST at batches.com to get them answered, or you can call us. 
to have it played on the show, 212-287-5650. You can follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. You can follow me at Aileen, Jesse at Glucose Goddess. And again, if you like this episode, please leave us a review and you can shop all of our merch, shopbetches.com. And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.